Hi, this is Fred Ray, and this is uh, Fred Ray's One Take Territory. As today is Friday, and I'm very deep in the preparation of what is probably my last film that I will direct this year, uh, I thought, well, let's just do something short and quick and fun. And I thought, well, people ask me a lot about what it's like to work uh, with Roger Corman. So I thought, you know, maybe I'll just talk briefly about some of the uh, few interesting things that have happened over the years, uh, <clears throat> doing um, films with New World or New Horizons or New Concord or whatever you know his, his company's called at the time. Uh, you know, when you go in Roger's office, everything is meant to be disarming. You know, usually if it's just a social thing, you'll sit on that sofa, uh, but it sinks in real far, so you feel very vulnerable already. But it, it's, it's uh, far better than sitting at Roger's desk. If you've been there, you know his desk is a big sheet of glass. And opposite him is a chair that's made out of plexiglass. And it's a single sheet of plexiglass, kind of shaped like an S. And it curves down and around and it becomes its own base. It has it's clear plexiglass and has no arms on it. So you're sitting there sort of almost as if you're floating on air and Roger looks at you and he sees you through this big glass desk and you're sitting on this clear glass chair. You feel very disarmed. And I remember that um, I went in there, I, one time uh, I made a movie called um, Invisible Mom or Invisible Mom 2, I'm not sure which it was, but Ashok Amitraj and I went and you have to show it to, to Roger. There's a little screening room uh, where he watches it <clears throat> and he sits there through the entire thing and I see him scribbling, scribbling in this yellow notepad, scribble, 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 and I keep thinking, oh my God, he's hating this. Uh, he doesn't like it. And he writes and he writes and he writes and he looks and he watches and he writes and I'm sitting there thinking, oh man. So the lights go up and he just kind of flips the notepad over and he says, oh, great, let's lock it. Do you want to have lunch? And that was it, period. Not one note. I don't know what the hell he was writing on there. Maybe it was something he wanted to do in the afternoon. But the same sort of thing happened when I went in with 60-foot centerfold. Originally, it was called uh, the Incredible 30-foot centerfold. And I went in there, and I had made a, a pitch, uh, you know, about four or five pages of what I was going to do and what it would be about, et cetera, et cetera. And Roger says, uh, let me look at this, and let's meet again in a week, and we'll talk about it. So I go back. A week later and he's got it on the desk and you're sitting in the plexiglass chair and I see all these things written all over he has it open my little outline he has it open there's these little pencil marks all over it and he sits there and he kind of thumbs through it and I'm kind of waiting to hear what he's got to say he finally closes the outline and he says I'd like that she should be 60 feet tall 10 feet taller than the 50 foot woman and that was it and they gave me the money and I went and I made the film. And it's very funny uh, because a lot of times, you know, I have a, a small you know, sort of boutique, you know, DVD company, Blu-ray company. And uh, I went in one time, Roger wanted to talk about his own DVD company because it wasn't doing well. And he wanted to know how I was getting numbers uh, better than the numbers he was getting. And we talked about this for a little bit. And that's the thing about Roger. Roger never wants to talk about himself. He wants to talk about you, and he'll ask you a bunch of questions, And because there's nothing in it for Roger. There's nothing in it for him to sit there and talk about himself. He's only interested in talking to you 
when there's some chance that he'll get something out of it. And so he talks and talks. And while we were sitting there, a guy came in with an ad campaign. I think it was for a movie called Dragon Fire, something like that, some kind of martial arts film. And um, at the top of the ad campaign, it said, the number one movie of the martial arts movie of the year, Black Belt, you know, you know, theater magazine. And Roger looks over the ad campaign and he says to the guy, he goes, he goes, is there such a magazine as Black Belt you know, Theater Magazine? And the guy says, well, well no, Roger, you know, we made that up. <clears throat> and he went, huh. And then he says to the guy, he goes, you know, we've had some complaints from fans that there are photos on the back of our box covers that are not from the movie that's uh, uh, being sold. And uh, he said, is, is that true? And the guy said, uh, guy said, yes, Roger, Roger, it is. And he thought about it for a second. And he said, you know, we should be more careful in the future about that. I mean, he didn't tell the guy no. He didn't tell him, don't do that. He just said, you know, be more, be more careful about that in the future. And I thought that was an amazingly uh, telling sort of thing. And uh, he was, uh, at one point, was going to go to um, a horror festival in Spain. I think it was called Sitches, something like that. And I said to Roger, I said, you know, I said, I just don't, I just don't see how you do it. I said, those trips are killers for me. I said, I don't know what, how you do it. He said, I do it the same way every time. He goes, I get on the plane, I have a glass of wine, a martini, and a sleeping pill. He goes, I don't wake up till I get where I'm going. And I thought, good advice, good advice. So we traveled, Roger and I traveled one time to Texas somewhere to do Joe Bob's Drive-In Theater. They would shoot on like a Saturday and a Sunday day before us was Don the Dragon Wilson and Tim Thomerson. And then the day after that was, was Roger and me. And we traveled down there and um, we went to the, uh, a place called The Palm, which is a famous sort of steakhouse. And Roger gets his filet mignon and it's huge. So he takes part of it back to his hotel room. So the next morning, uh, I see him in the morning and um, he looks terrible. He's all rumpled and everything. And I said, uh, I said, how, how'd it go? And he said, well, he goes, Julie and I have suitcases that are very similar. And she took off for Europe. And she goes, he, she got my bag and I accidentally have her bag. So I didn't have any clothes. So I slept in my clothes last night. And I said, well, why didn't you just use the bathrobe that I provided in the hotel? He said, oh, I don't know. Where was that? I said, it was on the back of the bathroom door. And he said, oh. And so we get going and, and he says, uh, I, he's got the tin with the filet mignon in his lap in the car. He says, you know, I've got a lot of this here if you'd like some. I said, no, no, I had breakfast in my room this morning. How did you do that, he said. I said, well, there was this menu laying in our room. You just check off what you want and hang it on the door. And he went, oh. The, so he didn't do that. So he's microwaving this filet mignon at the studio. And then Joe Bob looks at him and he's all rumpled up. So he offers Roger a Joe Bob's drive-in t-shirt so that Roger doesn't have to wear the same clothes on camera that he'd worn the day before. So if you see that episode, Roger's wearing this t-shirt from Joe Bob's show. So anyway, that was a very interesting thing. And uh, I've got a lot of other things I guess we could talk about. I just can't remember them right now. Maybe they'll, they'll come to me at one point or another. Uh, but I would like to say that Roger has never been as cheap to me as he has claimed, as other people have claimed him to be. 
when we did 60 foot centerfold, Roger was very high on a girl named Lisa Boyle. And then a girl named Maria Ford was desperate to play this. I know she went on camera later and, and complained, you know, how everybody always wanted her to do these nude roles and no one saw her as an actress. Uh, I'd like to point out that in Mind Twister, my movie, she did no nudity at all. She was only hired as an actress. But she really lobbied to be the 60 foot centerfold, which I couldn't believe because she was, you know, playing this sort of almost victim role. But yet she was pressuring me. And then she went around me to Roger and had Roger lean on me and I, uh, about hiring her. And I said, Roger, Maria Ford does not look like a playmate centerfold. And I showed him a picture of a girl named J.J. North who had been in this movie Vampire Vixens from Venus that I had done a little cameo in for Ted Boas. And I said, Roger, this is what a centerfold looks like. And he agreed. I said, but she's in New Jersey, so we'd have to fly her here and put her up in a hotel. And he actually offered to pay half of that. He said, I'll pay half and you pay half. And I said, okay, and we did. And JJ came out and played the centerfold, and I thought she did a great job. The only time that Roger really held his ground was on Dinosaur Island, where Jim Wynorski and I were told that we had to license a Boris Vallejo painting, the one you see on the poster of the girl with the two lizards on either side. And Boris wanted $4,000 for this painting, and Roger said we had to pay for it out of our budget. And they went and used it. And when the movie was over and Jim and I had literally spent all of the money, I said to Jim, I said, Jim, I said, we forgot to pay Boris the licensing fee for that artwork. And Jim said, there's so many great stills here. Freddie goes, when Roger sees this, he'll forget all about uh, Boris Vallejo. I said, okay. Well, sure enough, we turned the film in and Roger said, where's the Boris Vallejo poster? And I went, oh, oh yeah, that, yeah. And, we right back. and Jim and I had to go into our own pockets and we had to pay for this. It was four grand. We each had to pay $2,000 each to license that Boris Vallejo painting. Uh, but it is rather iconic, and I thought it was kind of cool that we had that as the poster for Dinosaur Island. So that's all for today, Friday. Uh, I have a big birthday party coming up tomorrow night. It's not actually my birthday, but it is the weekend. And so I've decided to have a big birthday blowout, and it's tomorrow night. See you next time.